Yeah. Okay, and you is it a podcast that you or tell me about that a little bit? So um, fast forward through life, I kind of fall into becoming a Republican one day at a Rotary Club meeting, and, and I tell the story often. This guy just says to me, "Dude, you're a Republican, bro. Like you're a Republican. <laughs> you just might as well face it. <laughs> you might as well." And he goes, "No, registered Democrat. I wasn't anything. I wasn't yeah. unaffiliated. Okay. I'd never voted. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't. I never even. I'm like this, you know, life, work, home, school, yeah. lives. Yeah. Like yeah, life. Right. I'm not. I don't care." Um, but as I got onto this community development commission, and he said this to me, um, and I went home and I read the autobiography of Frederick Douglass, and I did like this two-year deep dive. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I shifted into neutral. Nothing was true. Yeah. Like you know, the weird <laughs> side of YouTube. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like yeah. you did like an X The truth is out yeah, there. The tr- yeah, but right. at every turn, what I kept finding out is what I had believed to be true was not true. Mm-hmm. Especially in my geopolitical disposition, yes. my diet who I am, where my parents were from, like all of that. So um, the urban conservative came, you know, after my brother and I kind of started dabbling and getting involved in the party, you know, we had this thing where like, yo, let's troll people on the left. Let's argue about it. Let's, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll argue with people about it because you, you lied to me. Our bishop is following your footsteps. Yeah, but you, you, I don't take being lied to very well. Yeah. So you're not going to not tell me about the, even the lie of omission is a lie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You didn't tell me all the first black congressmen were Republicans. Yep. You, you didn't tell me about. You tell me Lincoln was. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. You didn't tell me about the Kirk Holden war yes. where white Republicans fought the KKK Democrats right, yep, to protect black people. What, why is it? What held them back from telling the truth? I mean, I, I, so look, at risk of going down a deep, I will say this in summation. Conservative-minded people, because what we call modern conservatives and what we call classic liberals aren't too far off, mm-hmm. okay. right? What we call modern conservatives over the last 60 years got intellectually lazy, meaning we didn't go into the soft sciences, we didn't go into psychiatry, psychology, early childhood education, we went into building factories, we went into farming, we went into agriculture, we went into everything else but that. And post-McCarthyism, the left went into the social sciences. So now we're education, everything. And, and, and I mean, if we're if we're going to be honest, we look at what the entertainment industry, the, the like I ju- I'm not going to go on a Kanye rant here, but it's called the motion picture arts and sciences. It's not done by accident. Mm-hmm. Right. What's being portrayed as what regular life is. So this urban conservative thing, our platform is designed to take these complicated political issues and put them in regular speak. Mm-hmm. Like I. Regular people don't understand forthwith and withholding said evidence yeah. to the contrary that the motion suppressed. They don't understand that. What they understand is, bro, the government shouldn't tell me when I can go get a fish. Yes. Yeah. Right? That, right? The government shouldn't tell me or know how many guns I got in my house. Yeah. It's not your business. So the urban conservative really came out of a, a way for us to start. It just started as a uh, like a Facebook Live on our cell phones. Yeah, okay. Um, little did we know it would become a company, and uh, we really take pride in sharing conservatism, doing events, educational events, consulting with campaigns, and other things to help people get this urban, this conservative message into urban communities. Okay, so it is not just a podcast. No, it is multifaceted. You're in all kinds of stuff. Well, um, you look at some of the events that we've done. We did events with Ted Budd. We did events okay. with Mark Robinson. Mm-hmm. We um, we consult with campaigns. A biggest the biggest part, and I you know not to spill the beans on the radio, but you know as conservatives we have to think both strategically and locally. Yeah, those have been the two I think mistakes that we've made. I mean, we have great policy. We have great economic policy. But a prime example to this is Anson County. Our work we we've done. We flipped. There's an entire county of Democrats that are voting Republican. Yeah. 
it, because we go in there, we, we first of all, we provide solutions. Where we have people at, we go provide solutions. Let's solve some problems first. Let's build some rapport. And then the second thing is, what works for the country club crowd don't work for the guy towing trucks, yes. bro. He yeah, don't right. care about yeah. what you talk about. Yeah, like, right. He doesn't yeah. care about that. So, you know, I think it's a messaging issue. And our job as the urban conservative, one, is to take what we believe, our, you know, we have this wonderful disclaimer at the front of the show, every show we have on there, that it's our ideas. You know, yes. it's it's my idea that I think, I, as a Republican, I don't care if your name is Mustafa. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I, if you're a Republican and you're a Muslim, I don't care. We can have a theological conversation well, okay. over I'm, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you, yes. but as a Republican, don't we want Mustafa's? Yeah. To run, yeah. don't we yeah. want other people in our party besides people that look like me, maybe? Well, well, look, and I think I that's mean, a natural thing. Good. We could do that naturally I mean, just by being who we are. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it goes past race. It goes to the heart of the person. Do mm -hmm. they have a good heart, a good conservative heart? I think you had a very impassioned speech inside our board meeting uh, that evening about boys can't be girls and uh, what was it the furries we mentioned let's not mention furries took a couple of uh, unbeknownst pictures with a couple furries <laughs> didn't know who they were oh you got furry bombs I did <laughs> had to take that photo down real quick <laughs> yeah never get a wife with those on your page no <laughs> uh, well yeah and, and look I think I think the other side of this is that the 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 legacy of the GOP should be one of openness. When you look at our platform, I'm proud to have served on our platform mm -hmm. committee, like in to shape that platform. Right. It says we're people of faith, family, and freedom. It doesn't necessarily say which faith now. Which faith, that, yes. And, and well, I, that makes some people uncomfortable. Um, I'm a, I understand that. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people uh, that grew up with one kind of religion and only one kind of religion around them, they say they want diversity in religion, but they forget that that includes the Wiccans. The, the people that we may or may not want Greek to Orthodox. Yeah, Greek Orthodox. I mean, you know, who, knows, who wants these people in the room? Yeah. yeah. I do. They make good food. Especially yeah. well, without you know, sandwiches. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. yeah. It's always to serve you. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. We're, we're at a historical place where we are afforded a great opportunity right now. Mm. We're at a place where we are post-COVID. People are coming back out to events. I'm scheduled yes. to go to a revival with like five or six different churches as soon as I leave here. Okay. Um, well, that's nice. Like, yeah. Wow. But no, it's actually, it's every night this week. This take week, fan, fan, take fan, Peter with you. Yep, I will. Take they, Peter. They got hot dogs and stuff. So <laughs> I didn't go yesterday, Mother's Day. I was too busy for his church. I didn't want to. Yeah. For I his church. I missed a couple weeks ago because it was raining. Let's go, let's go together, Day. Peter. Yeah, let's yeah, go yeah, together. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's church bomb. Well, no, no, not church bomb. Don't do Different word. Different word. It's like photobomb. No. Tell us about some of because I was reading some of the articles. Tell us about some of the stuff you've been facing here recently because, I mean, some of this stuff is outrageous. Yes, do tell. So, listen, here's what I'm going to say. You know, it's nothing that I haven't faced before um, in relation to running for office. When I decided that I was going to get even run for Kannapolis City Council back in 2017, I had to be acutely aware that I have a name, Adul Ramanda L. Ali, in Cabarrus County in Kannapolis. <laughs> well, that's kind of, even in and, the GOP, that's and, not and, a very used name. It's you know? not. You and, might and, see a lot so of jobs and riches. I had but. to be very acutely aware of that, but then I had to ask myself a question. Was it worth not doing it or mm. was it worth explaining to somebody that I got my name because my grandfather was getting clean and found Jesus's language in the Bible yep. and there was no Aramaic books floating yes. around and the closest living language to Aramaic is Arabic. Yep. So my grandfather's rationale was 
if my son, my grandsons become Muslim, they'll have a proper name. If they become Christian, they'll have a name that Jesus will recognize yes. in the language that that. So that and I, I and I love the fact that my name means servant of the most merciful. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was never whether a question of is it going to happen. I know I got the DAC on driving license yeah. stuff. I know it's there. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. I did. Yes. Like, yeah. You did not watch the podcast. Your, like, are we referencing like, your largest sins ever? Like, it's like, come on. So, so if, yeah. if, if people, if that is a reason not to vote for somebody or not to support somebody, I don't know what candidate you're going to so, be able so, to support. So let me, let me ask this question because you ran for council in 2017. Yes. I ran for council here in Fayetteville in 2017. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I found interesting was that after running for council, a lot of people came up to me and said, I would have voted for you had I knew you were black. But your name is a white name uh -huh. right. because yeah. your name is John Minor. Yeah, John Minor. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, you didn't do your research, you but shit, it really... Was the bishop? They didn't know I was the... Yeah, yeah. They didn't know it was me. Yeah. But so with the opposition that you're facing, do mm -hmm. you... And I, I just like just calling a spade a spade. Do you feel that some of the opposition that you are facing um, in the GOP mm -hmm. is because of the color of your skin? No. Okay. No. That's good. And, and, That's I, good. and I'll tell you why I don't think it's that. Okay. I, I think it's a situation where people fear what they don't understand. Okay. One. And two, I recognize the threat that I am to people who may feel like they're entitled to this. Mm -hmm. I, I get what's at stake with mm -hmm. the gravitas that comes with being the vice chair yeah. during a press. I understand. Um, I would feel a lot more uh, if, if, if I thought I would lose because the color of my skin, I go back to what Barack Obama said. It's not I'm not going to lose because the color of my skin. I'm going to lose because I failed to convey my message to yeah. the people the right way. Let me ask you two so, follow up questions. So, real quick. Well, and let me button up. Go ahead. Go ahead. So let me button up. Do I think there are people that would prefer not to have a black person there? Sure. Mm -hmm. Are we are we talking about like like? But I'm uniquely aware that who we're talking about. That's Why we're short sighted. I, I, I mean, we, it, yeah, but it, but it, it is short sighted. But you got to remember. Let's. I'm not saying any particular person, but. Put yourself in the shoes of somebody who grew up in North Carolina mm -hmm. during, they might be six, late 60s, early 70s mm -hmm. going on. They grew up during gym. Like, they might be cool with us yeah. in the supermarket. They yeah. cool. They don't have a problem. Yeah. But, but and I'm not, I'm not going to call it, a, a, what do they call it, the unconscious bias. What I'm going to suggest is that there are people who have a worldview that they are not going to shift from. It's not my job to change that worldview. Absolutely. What it's my job to do is say, hey, listen. If you want more of the same, if you don't see the opportunity for us here to do A, B, C, and D based on my record, so be it. But I think it's less to do with my skin color and more to do with the fact that people um, are, are more concerned with things they don't understand and fearful of things they don't understand. So let me ask you two follow-up questions. That's good. That's good. Let me ask you two follow-up questions because you said two things. Mm -hmm. uh, one, you said people fear what they don't understand mm -hmm. and you're a threat. Mm -hmm. What is it about you mm -hmm. that they fear and what makes you a threat? Okay, so number one, you would fear if, if, if you're watching Rumble and they're telling you that the Islamic jihadis are coming to take over the GOP and there's a guy named Abdul Ali running – you're going to be terrified. And there's mm -hmm. lots of guys named Abdul Ali. And then, I can hold you too. And it's like, there's a sheik over in... You know, it's, it's like, it doesn't help. Like, no, why can't yeah. they say Muhammad Ali? You're the greatest. Right. Like, yeah. So, so there, there's that part, right? And then here's when I say I'm a threat. This is, this is... 
and I, and I mean this, maybe I'll walk that back a little bit. I'm a threat to the way things used to be. Yeah. We to the status, status quo. We, and we used to be a party that could send a mailer out and, and rile up the base. You used to be able to mm-hmm. go and cook out and rile up the base. Yeah. You used to be able to say anything fly and slick you wanted to. <laughs> People are whipping. I've done it in meetings lately, bro. Yeah. People will whip the phone out on you and be like, sir, you just said, yes. you just said, and you're I, right. I, I, I did it in an NAACP meeting recently. Mm-hmm. The lady said HB 40 is racist. It's going to stop black people from being able to uh, to peacefully protest and it's going to crucify black people for protest. And I said, I, when they came around for questions, I asked the panelists, how many people read HB 40? Raise your hand. Nobody hand went up. Just so happened to have it in the phone. Yeah. Guess what words don't appear in HB 40? Yeah, the right. words black and people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think you, it's, it's a matter matter of being willing to do that that right there makes some people uncomfortable mm-hmm. being able to not say so like you used to be so i'm not the guy you could just say something to and i understand that can i work with people sure we were 45 counties i've been on the ground events yeah. now i'm not talking about some you know pandering loose no actual or i've hired you to cook them mm-hmm. <laughs> a good chunk of them but, but that's what we need. And to this do. is before deciding to run. Oh, this is long before that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, mm-hmm. let me, because this, this is good. This is good. Um, during this week's um, Cumberland County Executive Meeting, you mentioned something in your speech. You mentioned that the GOP has got to engage other communities mm-hmm. that, in many cases, feel disenfranchised uh, politically. Um, and I know in Cumberland County, I think we have roughly about 5,000 black Republicans mm-hmm. that are registered. But when we have events, they don't show up. You may get a sprinkle mm-hmm. of you know, maybe five or six black Republicans that may show up to events. If you are uh, elected as the, the vice chair for the state, what is your plan for engaging that demographic of the party that we are faithful to the party? but we don't feel the party is faithful to us? Fair, great question. So I think if you look at the last four years or so that I've been involved, we've made a concerted effort to do two things. Number one, train county chairs and local Republicans on how to engage with minority communities Mm -hmm. and these registered Republicans in the areas where we've sent out our little luncheon things. And I mean, it's as simple as inviting people to a luncheon, 20, 30, 50, 100 Mm -hmm. invites at a time. Mm -hmm. If you get two or three, great. Jesus changed the world with 12, bro. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I, it don't take much. Uh, so if you were to ask what my strategy is, number one, I think we need somebody that, and it's not all about skin color. So I just want to make that clear for the listeners. It's not all about skin color. It's not all about race. But what it is about is a conversation with a community and an experience yeah. that people who typically are conservatives are not familiar with. Mm-hmm. The average conservative person has, and, and if we're talking more specifically because we can only talk about the context of North Carolina, when we look at the makeup of North Carolina's unaffiliated voter, Democrat voter, and Republicans, knowing there's 50,000 or so, 60,000 registered black Republicans, we matter in so much as we can make a break, Paul Newby, 401 votes. We have the power yeah. within the black conservative movement, depending on which way we roll, to be that, that significant make or break. But I think to the, black, to the black American Republican in North Carolina, the one thing you can count on over the next few years, we've done it every year, is we get a suite at the convention. We have cultural things. Come play spade. I play spades. Yeah. 
I play dominoes. Yep. I listen to Motown. I listen to DMX. Yep. If you come to the Sweet at Convention, <laughs> you're gonna come kick it. You're gonna yep. do what we do. I mean, and I think I listen to DMX. Right. Like you sound like him a little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll tell you real quick. The, the 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 biggest the other thing that we can do is as Republicans. Now that's our job as Black Republicans. And if I'm elected as Vice Chair. Anytime somebody calls me to say, hey, we need you here to talk to, I'm there. That's not, it's, that's not up, up for debate. And I, and, I, and I say that because I understand the power of the evangelizer, the power of the guy coming to say, hey, look, I'm not just Joe Schmo with an opinion. I'm, the guy, I'm helping steer the ship here. And we've seen that success in North Carolina. I think the last three election cycles, the needle has moved with black men specifically yes. towards Republicans, yeah. not in yeah. no small part, I think, due to the work we've done in the GOP, but also, I think, to understanding the need to just be present. I, and I said this to, uh, at, at the speech at your executive committee meeting, I've been on the ground. I, I've like I've watched and spoke and argued with people and and reasoned with them. And these are people that would have n the number one response we get is I've never seen a black Republican or Republicans don't knock on my door. Mm -hmm. or I, yeah. As a black yep. Republican, when I first got involved, uh, we this was t uh, 2019 when we were putting together the Trump. Uh, what we were going to do with Black Voices for Trump. Um, the number one response on our phone call survey to black Republicans was, it's about damn time a Republican reached out to me. I've been a Republican 35 years. And ain't, I ain't, young lady said, I ain't get an email, phone call, yep. carrying pigeon, nothing. I heard that I, so I, many times whoa. on the campaign trail. So I, I agree that there's a lot in the GOP that we don't break out of our, I guess, comfort zone and deal actively deal with folks that don't look, think, act like us, or came up like we did. So... Let's say you win this thing, mm -hmm. the convention. I hope you do. Why? Well, I can't say that. I had Miss Mills last weekend, so good luck. But <laughs> may the best <laughs> may the best candidate win. Yeah, because you can't I'm say man or woman. Yeah, I'm already, yeah. The, so stressed. Yeah, whatever. The best for whatever. Individual. Individual. Yeah. So, the best furry win. Let's say once you win this, um, what are you gonna do? Is that one of your goals? Is to continue reaching out to the to the populations that would answer the phone like that and say, well, it's about time. Yeah, well, uh, first yeah. thing I do, first 90 days, um, I get my urban county chairs in the room. Um, we form what I call an urban engagement task force. Okay. We look at um, what works, what doesn't work, what we've done over the last four years and what we can put into each county. That's the first thing we do. I think the second thing that we do is we start a training program for, at a precinct level. We help our county chairs understand the needs precincts in our urban centers that we have not been competitive in how to engage like it's got to be grassroots training level type stuff um, the other thing that I think I lend to the table is as a county chairman and in politics I learned there's three things people care about are you raising money are you impacting legislation or are you getting votes mm -hmm. if you're not doing one or all three yeah. of those things nobody cares so I think um, from the raising money perspective as a county chairman, I, I raised over $100,000 for my county party. So I'm, I'm on point with knowing how to contribute and help North Carolina become financially independent as a party so that we can focus on some things we, the grassroots, want to focus on. In way of legislation, I was able to get things done, like getting my school board partisan in my county working with our legislatures to do that. I have the endorsement of the state senate majority leader, the deputy minority whip, and the freshman leader. So when we talk about ensuring conservative legislation, we're on that. And then when it comes to impacting votes, I've already talked about what we need to do to be able to do that. Good so. stuff. Woo! That's good stuff. I love, love, love these conversations. conversations. That was yeah. an answer and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Well, Abdul, I wish you the best of luck. I appreciate you coming out uh, to share a little bit of time with us. Absolutely. I appreciate what you do. I, I, I appreciate yeah, you getting the yeah, word on the ground. I love your energy, and I, I look forward I'd to I'd love to have you come back. I really Definitely. Enjoy Definitely. Indeed. Yeah, so, Wu-Tang is for the kids. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and with that, uh, we will be right back. Okay. No, we won't. 24 minutes. Oh, I, I always, wherever I get on, like, cool 